Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast, your place for those Walt Disney World planning tips and tricks and beyond. Sometimes our episodes go beyond, and today they're going beyond the world. I am going to be answering the question I've probably gotten the most since I got back from Disneyland. Actually, two questions. Number one, how did you like it? And number two, is it the same as Walt Disney World? So that's what I'll be tackling today. This is episode 129, Disney World and Disneyland Comparisons. Happy Tuesday. So glad you're here listening. If you're new to the podcast, my name is Danielle. I'm a longtime Walt Disney World fan who just recently, a month ago, went out to Disneyland for the first time and explored the California parks. I did some episodes as soon as we got back trip reports. If you're interested in that, go back and take a listen. But today I'm going to kind of be comparing the land and the world. Um, I know most of you that listen to this podcast are probably Disney World goers. That's what I talk the most about. But if you're planning to get out to California and you want to kind of know how they compare, this is going to be the episode for you. Or if you just enjoy talking Disney, you'll get my take on Disneyland. But if you've been enjoying the podcast, please take a second, go leave a rating, a review, wherever you listen. Write a few words talking about why you like listening to my voice every week, but it really does help other people find the podcast, and I would be so appreciative. All right, let's get in. This is actually, I've been home almost a month from Disneyland, but this is a list that I kind of made right off the bat because I knew I wanted to put it out there as a podcast for you guys. And I wasn't kidding in the intro. That's what, you know, how was your trip? Would you like? Is it like Walt Disney World? And so want to just give a little bit of backstory in case you haven't listened to the other episodes. We went out the first week of October in 2023 to Disneyland. We did two full park days with park hopper tickets and Genie Plus. And in between our two days, we did the Oogie Boogie Bash. So we stayed on property at the Disneyland Hotel, um, just to kind of give you some context for what our trip was like. When I do Walt Disney World, I tend to do full weeks, no park hoppers, one park per day. That's kind of a common vacation with some rest days in there for us. So I'm going to start just by comparing some things. Um, Mostly what I have here are just the main differences between the parks. And then I'll kind of sum up my final thoughts at the end. Now, for a non-crazy Disney fan, aka my husband, we actually just had someone at church yesterday ask, like, was it very different from Walt Disney World? To which he quickly spoke up and said, no, they're exactly the same. (laughs) Okay, so if you have somebody along for the ride, it's... Yeah, it's the same feel. It's just another theme park. There are some differences, but in the grand scope of things, very similar. Lots of rides that kind of carry over back and forth between the two. So I think I'll start with that. Um, Some rides that they have in Disneyland, and I did not make a list, and I'm there's list online. I'm just going off what I can remember. Here's what they have on the West Coast that we also have on the East Coast. There is Haunted Mansion, Pirates of the Caribbean, Big Thunder. Um, All of Galaxy's Edge is basically a copy. So you've got Rise of the Resistance and Smuggler's Run. There is Small World. What else we got? Um, 
all of these are in Disneyland Park. There's Dumbo, oh, Buzz Lightyear, Space Mountain, um, all of those they have in Disneyland Park. And then California Adventure, they have their own version of Tower of Terror, which is a different theme. Uh, Mickey's Philhar Magic, if you want to count that um, as an attraction. There is Toy Story Mania. And that's all that's coming to my mind right now. Again, I'm sure there are others. Don't at me. But that's that's the big thing coming to mind. So let's get into comparing some of these things and some differences that I noticed. Uh, these are in no particular order, just the random order they popped in my brain on my phone. Number one, and something I've really liked about the Disneyland version of It's a Small World, is it's actually been filled in with characters from the movies. So you still have your dolls from each country, but they take Disney characters from applicable, you know, countries where their stories are and put them in the rooms. So for example, in like the Luau Polynesian theme, you've got Lilo and Stitch in there. Um, Different princesses were represented for their countries. And I just thought this was tons of fun because as we were going through writing it, also like zero weight on this thing. What are people doing? Um, A lot of the cue for this one is outside as well, but the facade of the building is just beautiful. They even do like little shows on it sometimes. Um, But yeah, so you would just ride through the ride and you could kind of find the different characters. I thought that was really fun. And that is something I wish they would bring to Walt Disney World. All right, next up, and I'd heard this before. Don't know if it's a California thing, but I think the design and the age of the park lends to this as well. And that's kind of like a more relaxed vibe from the cast members. And again, I had heard Disneyland is a locals park. It just kind of has more of that vibe. You don't have as many people running around like crazy, like I must fit everything in my vacation. But one thing I think I had shared on a previous episode, a lot of the rides, especially the older ones in like Fantasyland right behind the castle, they have very short, if non-existent, like indoor queue space. We The first ride that we rode was Mr. Toad's and literally like the indoor queue could have held 10 people, maybe. So therefore, there is with a lot of these like one cast member operating that ride and they're just like sitting right across from you at a little control panel. They're like, get in. You get in. You sit down. Along you go. So there's just not as many people that you see on the scene. I'm sure there's people, you know, working behind and all of that. But it was just, like I said, a much more kind of laid back, chill vibe for some of those rides. All right. Another ride comparison. Pirates of the Caribbean out in Disneyland. It's better. And I think it's better maybe for other reasons than other people would. Number one, there are multiple drops in that one. Two drops, actually. And they're actually significant drops. You get a little splash. It just makes it a bit more thrilling. I also love that at the start of the ride, you pass the Blue Bayou restaurant. We went and ate there strictly because it was inside a ride. Anything, again, where I feel like I'm getting a little behind the scenes or kind of an extra, you know, dip into an attraction, I'm all for. So being able to eat 
in the ride and past the restaurant while on the ride, I just thought was super cool. So pirates on the West Coast, you guys are definitely superior. All right. Another thing that I didn't really realize until I started doing my research. So Genie Plus is available out in California, um, in Disneyland and California Adventure. I'd heard it works so much better. Um, One reason is Disneyland Park itself. There are just a lot more attractions. They're closer together. You can get return times that aren't, you know, two, three hours out. You can get some that come back really quickly. But one thing I didn't realize is there are actually a lot of attractions not on Genie Plus. So that would be something I knew I wasn't going to be out there very often. So I just kind of went ahead. You can purchase it for Disneyland before your trip at like a set cost that I think is like 25 bucks per day. If you wait till you get there, it's the variable pricing. Um, So I knew I wanted to do it just because I didn't know when we would be out there again. But as I started researching, there's just a lot of rides that aren't offered on it. They still have a couple individual paid lightning lanes out there like we do in Walt Disney World. But like I said, a lot of the fantasy land rides that are, you know, really old, they just can't accommodate, you know, a lightning lane and a regular standby queue. So I guess that's why they're not on there. But definitely look into that. If you have Genie Plus and you're planning to use it for an attraction, make sure that attraction is actually on the list. Otherwise, it might be a great thing to, you know, rope drop, go hit as soon as the park opens. Disneyland does also do early entry. 30 minutes at both parks, but it is far superior because there are only three on-property hotels versus Walt Disney World where you've got a lag over 20. Um, So being able to utilize that early entry at Disneyland or at California Adventure, you can really get some bang for your buck there. And believe me, you're paying a buck to stay at the Disneyland on-site hotels. I don't know if I did this comparison, but basically there's three. The lowest tier one is priced out kind of like a moderate at Walt Disney World, and the other two are deluxe level pricing. So you're not going to find that like all-star sports pop century price tag if you want to stay at an actual Disney hotel out there. All right, another comparison I was going to do, and some people may say this is apples and oranges, but Fantasmic and World of Color. Fantasmic is at Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World. World of Color shows nightly, most nights, I think, at Disney California Adventure. I am not a huge fan of like the projections on the water. It just doesn't pop enough for me, but I really enjoyed World of Color. You're kind of, it's got that Epcot feel where you're just like around a big lagoon. Um, And I did. My family's not huge nighttime show people, but we really sat there and watched it. Um, And I enjoyed it more than the little bit of time we spent on our last trip watching Fantasmic. But Fantasmic has like actual actors and more stuff going on. Um, So if that's your vibe, that's fine. But World of Color, I thought was super cool. All right. Park hopping at Disneyland just makes sense. The two parks are literally, I don't know. I'm a math person, but I'm horrible at at estimation. I'm going to say you can walk from the entrance of one park to the entrance of another in two minutes at a leisurely stroll. Okay, so park hopping there just makes sense. Also, downtown Disney is literally like 
a two minute walk from that entrance and you walk through downtown Disney to get to the three on property resort hotels. So we walked everywhere. We did not touch our car. We did not need to touch a bus. They have a monorail that goes from one end of downtown Disney into Tomorrowland of Disneyland Park if you wanted that as a shortcut. However, I shared in another episode, it's always down and not working. So I wouldn't count on it. But you're not dealing with all of that internal transportation. It's just not needed. Next up, the castle is so small. I said this on my things I didn't know about Disneyland, but it's a baby castle. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, There are a lot more characters out and about um, just walking, you know, stopping a line kind of pops up. So that's nice that you're not always waiting in these long indoor lines to meet characters. You can just, you know, see them out on the street. I already talked a little bit about Genie Plus, but another feature that you'll want to make sure you know out there in California, you cannot make your first Genie Plus selection until you have scanned into the park. And honestly, I love this because I did not have to wake up at 7 a.m. and get up early on my vacation to make a selection. I wish they would do this at Walt Disney World. If you're an early person, great. You get first dibs on your lightning lane. If not, you wait till you get there. I know there's some downsides, but I'm an early person, so that would work in my favor. But that's just something you want to note. You don't get to make your first selection until everyone in your party that you want to make it for is scanned in. Virtual queues aren't really a thing that's utilized out there, at least not right now. The only virtual queue I noticed in my app was for the world of color showings. You could get into that virtual queue during the day to kind of get a special spot. We stood on the backside of the lagoon, so we were kind of seeing it in reverse, but I still really enjoyed the show. Another thing, and this may kind of just go back to more of the laid back California vibe. Um, I feel like out there in Disneyland, California Adventure, you're more likely to find walk up waitlist reservations for some of your favorite restaurants. We had that reservation for Blue Bayou for the four of us. And my husband's cousin ended up joining us and his wife. And it wasn't really a big deal to add them to our reservation. I heard lots of people kind of walking up and they were like, yeah, we open at 11. Just come back then. We can probably get you in. So if you don't get a dining reservation you want, or if you just want to be a little more more sporadic. I think it's a lot more possible at Disneyland. There are no castle shows, so there isn't a stage in front of the castle, so nobody's dancing around singing things midday. Um, And they do, for their nighttime fireworks show, do projections down Main Street. I'm assuming they were projected on the castle, but based on where I was standing, I could not see them. Also, fireworks don't happen every single night. And I shared on my other episode that they closed down some of the things behind the castle for fireworks. So just keep that in mind. All right, next up, going back to Galaxy's Edge, I mentioned that's basically Carbon Copy, Rise of the Resistance, pretty much the same ride. So if you've done it out here in world, it may not be a have to do in land. Now, a few ride comparisons that again, 
Disneyland is superior. And this is one I forgot that they have on both coasts. So there is a test track like ride out there, but it is themed to cars and radiator springs. And I think it was honestly one of my favorite rides. I just thought it was so, so cute. This is one where you can do the individual paid lightning lane or they have single rider. That line can get long, so you might want to utilize those. But just, oh, the like rock work they have out there when you're racing outside and seeing Lightning McQueen and Cruz and all the gang. I just thought it was so cute. Cars Land period is just, it's just great. I, I wish we could get it out here in world, but it's, it's just awesome. Um, another ride comparison, Guardians of the Galaxy is the theme of their Tower of Terror out here in Disney California Adventure. I don't get on that ride on either coast, um, but my family really like the Guardians theme. The outside of it looks super cool at night. You have different like sparks and lights going through an Avengers campus. So that I think is an awesome kind of upgrade and change. And also for the Halloween season, they theme it at night to Monsters After Dark um, after 3 p.m. So people doing the Oogie Boogie Bash or not can still enjoy that. Haunted Mansion Holiday is another superior version that they have in Disneyland. So for pretty much the Halloween and Christmas season, they take Haunted Mansion and they do a Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. So I knew this, but I didn't realize that they revamped the audio you were listening to. They revamped the stretching room and like the queue area. So the whole thing is redone and it is, it's just awesome. It's super cool, super cool to see. So next thing to note, downtown Disney shopping district comparable to Disney Springs. You got food, you got shopping, you have entertainment. It is just a lot smaller. So Disney Springs is something I tell clients like you can easily take a day doing different things. Um, Downtown Disney is not that. It's just kind of like a strip. Still fun. We still spent some good time there going through the different shops and getting snacks and things like that. But it is, you know, a much quicker thing. Pro tip, though, if you're staying at one of the Disney-owned hotels, or even if you're not, I suppose, the Starbucks location in downtown Disney has mobile order. Now, it can get crazy busy, and there are so many drinks in there when you go to pick up your mobile order, but like if you're ahead of the game, you can lay in bed and do your mobile order and then get ready, and by the time you walk past bam, bam, it's ready. So that's what I did one morning and it was really nice and convenient. All right. And then last thing I have security. So if you're staying at one of the Disney hotels, you actually can go through security um, before you enter downtown Disney. So they sort of take you through security before you enter the Disney bubble period. If you're parking at one of their parking garages, you'll go through security Um, when you kind of exit that structure. And if you're staying at like a good neighbor hotel, there's another entrance that you come into where the parks are and your security will be there. It was nice because pretty much once you're in, you're in, you're good for either parks, you're good for the downtown Disney area. Um, They do search very thoroughly and have to go through all bags. It's not like Disney World where you can kind of walk through that scanner situation and 
they know whether to flag your bag or not. They just look through all of them. Coming from that hotel entrance, as we did every time, security was never really crazy long. Even when the line was super long, I feel like it went pretty quickly. So I wouldn't let that overly deter you. All right. So those are my main comparisons. Um, in a nutshell, major things that are different. They've got Cars Land out there. They've got Avengers Campus. Um, the whole Pixar Pier area is really cool. And then in Fantasyland, you just have some really nostalgic different rides than what we kind of have in Magic Kingdom. Those are kind of the big things. Um, other notable things that I know I really enjoyed, the Matterhorn was super awesome. That's something we don't have in Disney World. But all in all, comparing World and land. This is where I feel like it just comes apples to oranges, honestly. World is just so massive. And personally, I am that nerd. If you go back and listen to the first episodes, you know this. I love the Disney transportation and the logistics, like getting to ride the bus and the monorail and the Skyliner and the boats. Oh, my. That's part of the fun for me. So that piece was missing in Disneyland. Don't get me wrong. Like the logistics of being able to walk was nice and things being close were nice. Um, And I did still really enjoy myself. But it's not like world where I leave and the vacation's ending and I'm immediately thinking, oh my gosh, when do I go back? I'm so glad to have gotten to have visited Disneyland and go out there on the West Coast. But it's sort of like I've done it and I've seen it. And I think this trip really like drove home the point for me that The big thing about Disney World is that nostalgia. Like, I have memories there as a child. I have memories of first for my own children. And so walking into the parks and the different hotels, it's not just that excitement in the moment. It's the memories that come back. So I am still a world girl through and through. I can't wait for my next trip there, which unfortunately at this point looks like it's not going to be till June, but you never know what could happen. Um, so I hope if you were curious how the parks were different, there's many other things that could be said, many other things to point out, but those were just kind of the ones that stuck out in my brain. So if you are wanting to plan a trip to World, to land, Disney Cruise Line for 2025 just opened up as of November 6th. So if you want to jump on that boat, literally, um, would love to help you with planning a cruise on any of those new ships. Um, And I don't know if I've shared on here. I'm going on my first Disney cruise next summer. Um, So that's fun. Kind of have a countdown going for that and excited for all those things. But if you need help planning that next magical vacation, reach out. I would love to help you at absolutely no cost to you. You can find my social media info in the show notes or email me at Danielle Robbins at fantasticalvacations.com. But as always, friends, I thank you so very much for listening and hope you have a magical day. Bye-bye.